So look, we serve the God whose name is greater than anything in this world. That at the name of Jesus, things have to change. Hallelujah. And I just got a question for y'all this morning. Are y'all excited about the word of God? Amen. Amen. Amen, praise God. We, I'm excited to share with what God has given me. And I thought it was ironic how the Sunday school lesson coming from the same chapter that we're going to look in today, our message, our word, is coming from Luke chapter 1. That God is, is, he is so particular, he is so intentional in what he's doing, how he speaks, and how he moves. And so God is, I promise you, he got a great word for us this morning. Luke chapter 1, going to start at verse 26. If you don't mind, if you're willing and you're able, lift up on your feet. Just out of honor and respect of what God is about to say. <clears throat> I promise you it's going to bless you. It blessed me. Luke chapter 1, starting at verse 26, you'll find these words. And in the sixth month, your Bible says that, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of what Galilee, named Nazareth, to a virgin, a spouse, or engaged to a man whose name was Joseph. Somebody shout Joseph. Of the house of David. And the virgin name was who? Mary. Come on, Miss Mary. Come on, testify. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, Miss Mary. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast her mind what manner of salutations this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name what? Jesus. Somebody shout Jesus. Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father, who? David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob for how long? Forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall these things be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost... Somebody shall, Holy Ghost, shall come upon thee. And the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore, also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she, she also has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her. Who was called barren. 37. And you can shout right here. For with God nothing shall be impossible. Oh y'all miss y'all shout. Let's read that again. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said behold the handmaid of thy Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. 
that will conclude our reading. Father God, I thank you for this day. God, thank you for this word that you have given me. Father, I thank you for the excitement, the anticipation, the eagerness to hear you speak in this room. And Father, my prayer is that you deliver it this morning. That God, that you do what you do best. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said amen. amen. Just for a few moments, I want to preach and teach from the thought, I didn't sign up for this. Look to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I didn't sign up for this. Amen. Praise God. Our text this morning is taken from an encounter of Mary, the mother of our Savior. An angel has appeared to her to announce her selection as God's choice to bear his son in the earth. The angel comes and he gives her specific insight and intel into what God was getting ready to do, how it, was, how it was going to happen, and how she was to respond to it. And you know what? We hear the Christmas story all of the time. You know about Mary and Joseph and the three, the three, the three shepherd men, the three kings. You know all about that. But I want us to draw in a little closer to get more in this season in the Christmas story. I want our brief conversation this morning to be focused on the cost of being chosen. The cost of being what? Chosen. We often look at the glam and the glitter of being chosen and walking in obedience to God, but not always the other stuff that comes with it. In our text, I'm about to make it make sense. The angel, she, the angel comes, he greets Mary, and describes her as highly favored and blessed among women. Y'all re remember reading that? He calls her highly favored and blessed among women. Sure enough, she was favored. Sure enough, she was special to God to be chosen for such a task as this. To bring the savior of the world, the savior of the world into the world, right? But I just had to ask myself in my study if Mary actually felt that way. At this moment, her entire life was being flipped upside down. Mind you, that Mary is not grown on her own. She is not grown on her own yet. But she's just a young teenager with her entire life ahead of her. She had just gotten engaged and was preparing for her spiritual union. She was getting ready for her big day. And now God wants to put a baby on her. Woo-wee! Y'all, look, and now the Lord wants that. You're going to have a baby. Good God from Zion. And not just any baby at that, but the Lord's like, you're going to have my baby. His baby that would save and change the entire world. Watch this. God throws a curveball in Mary's direction that interrupts the ideals of how she thought her life was going to go. She didn't see any of this coming. This wasn't in her plans, neither was this on her schedule. She didn't ask for it, but God gave it to her anyway. She didn't choose to be chosen. Some of us are fighting with that God. I don't even know, but I didn't choose to be here. Good God from Zion. And so I can only imagine what kind of pressure Mary was under and what was going through her mind at this moment that the angel come to speak to her. I can hear Mary saying, Lord, I didn't sign up for this. Because by signing up, watch this, to live out God's will for her life, 
Mary was not only signing up to give birth to something amazing and magnificent, she was also signing up for some morning sickness. She was signing up for some labor pains. Good God from Zion. She was signing up for her fiancé coming close to leaving her. She was signing up to experiencing some shame from the people in her community. And I believe that there is something that we can take out of Mary's experience this morning to help us in our lives. This assignment to give birth to something of God definitely had to be a burden to Mary at first. It definitely had to be a burden to give birth of what God put inside of you. But let me tell you this. They always say, but God. Somebody shout, but God. I know it's a burden, but God. Out of her heaviest burden came the biggest blessing that will one day change the entire world. And I need to encourage someone in the room today with the fact that in the same way with Mary, Yes, life doesn't always go as we plan for it to go. Things do come to burden us down. Good God from Zion. God's will for us does not always look and feel good to us. But if we trust God, good God from Zion, if we trust God with the burden, he will transform that very thing, that very burden, into something that will bless us beyond what we could ever imagine or think. Good God from Zion. So whether it's loneliness in this season, whether it's financial struggle, whether it's sickness in your body, whether it's problems in your family, whether it's it just your holiday season, is it going the way you planned it? Trust God in it. Because that burden, good God from Zion, is a blessing in disguise. Let me say that again. That burden that you've been carrying, that you've been experiencing, is actually a blessing in disguise. Maybe that burden is what God wants to use to draw something more out of you. Maybe that burden is what God wants to use to draw you closer to him. Some of us in the room today are starting to think about our lives as I speak. You're starting to think about, okay, Kyla, I'm going through this, I'm going through that, God, Kyla, I got this problem, I got that problem. Because, Kyla, when I signed up to be there for my family and my friends, I didn't sign up for all of this stress in this household. Kyla, when I signed up to walk into my calling, I didn't sign up to be woke up in the middle of the night to pray. I didn't sign up for the Lord to tell me, give somebody a word in the grocery store. Kyla, when I signed up to start my business, I didn't sign up to lose friends and gain a whole bunch of haters. Kyla, when I signed up for this relationship, cool me. I didn't sign up for all of this headaches and this drama. I didn't sign up for it. When I signed up to do right by paying my tithes, I didn't sign up to be frustrated financially. I signed up for the good stuff. I signed up for the benefits, not all of this other stuff. But I declare to you today that just as with the natural birthing process, if you would just give God some time, hallelujah, if you would just give God time, he would turn every burden of yours into a blessing. 
What caused pain in this season is going to lead you into giving God a greater praise in this next one. And you ought to lift your hands and receive this. Whatever it is that causes you to stress out is going to lead you to give God a greater shout in this next season. What caused you to frown in this season is getting ready to put a smile on your face in the next. That God is getting ready to turn whatever it is around for you. God is getting ready to turn it around for you. But here's the thing. When God turns it around, he might not turn it around in the way that you expect for him to do it. Sometimes, sometimes God puts a burden in our lives and we wait on God to do it and it takes him a little longer. But I promise you, if you just wait on the Lord... He will what renew your strength. You, you will mount up on wings like eagle. You will run and not grow weary. That's why they say I can run on and see what the end's going to be. Because I know my burden is not my final destination. That God has a plan to turn my burden into a blessing. Here's the thing I learned. I'm not even in my notes. I'm moving away a little bit. Here's what I learned. That sometimes that burden that God changes it's not going to happen in the way that you want it to go. And watch this. And it might not happen, good God, from Zion. It might not happen in something happy in the fir- at first, good God, from Zion. It actually may make you feel some type of way. God, I didn't even feel that. I, God, I didn't even want that. But when you take a step back and look at what God is doing, you will see how he turned that burden into a blessing. So I know you didn't sign up for this burden, but you also didn't sign up for the blessing that's coming along with it. Let me say that again. I know you didn't sign up for this burden, but you also didn't sign up for the blessing that's coming along with it. In this Christmas season, we study the birth of Jesus, right? We, we study Jesus coming into the world, what, the first time. Jesus is the main focus. Because he is the main character of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Jesus, and we, we, I, 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 will, I will go on a rant, I will go on a page, and, but we're not going to go there today. In Bible class, we say that's another story for another day. But Jesus is hidden in every passage of scripture that we find ourselves reading. So we set our attention and our hearts to finding and celebrating Jesus in every passage and, and text. However, we learn that to do proper biblical exegesis, in order to properly interpret the Bible, we must look at the culture and the context of a passage of scripture. Let me say that again so you can can grab this. In order to really understand what God is saying in the Bible, you need to understand the culture of that time and the context of what's also going around in that scripture. Y'all following me? So we have to look at the whole picture. Somebody shout whole picture. When we recognize what Mary signed up for in our text, we will, we will be able to see what God is signing us up for when we come to Christ. I'm going to say that again. When you recognize what Mary signed up for in our text, you will recognize what God is signing you up for when you come to him. Can I, give, can I show y'all what Mary signed up for? Mary signed up for, number one, she signed up for something spiritual. Somebody say spiritual. 
What I love about God is that he works in mysterious ways. He works in mysterious ways, crazy ways. It blows my mind every time. And whether Mary and Joseph recognized it, they understood, they knew it um, before they got married, but their marriage made them candidates for a prophecy to be fulfilled in their lives. I'm going to say that again so it can resonate. Mary and Joseph, their marriage, their engagement, made them candidates for a prophecy to be fulfilled in their lives. Let's go to, let's do Bible class a little bit. I'm about to connect the Old Testament to the New Testament. In the Old Testament, God promised that the Messiah that would come be a king and save his children from the bondage of this world. God promised that that was happened. And his children, his God's promise, he speaks through the prophet Isaiah that he would do this, this work in a specific way. The Lord speaks through prophet Isaiah at Isaiah 7 14 that it would happen through a what? Virgin. A woman who had never slept with a man. The Bible says the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. So that was the first candidate. That was Mary. She was a virgin. Furthermore, God promised that the Jewish Messiah would be a descendant of the godly king David. Jeremiah chapter 23 verse 5. Behold, the days come, says the Lord, that I will raise unto who? David. Somebody shout David. David. A righteous branch. And a king shall reign and prosper and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. Watch this. Therefore, in Mary's and Joseph's engagement, they were coming together for more than just pleasure. They were coming together for purpose. Mary and Joseph was coming together more than just pleasure and just to get financially stable. No, they was coming together for purpose. And let me enter this right here for a second. You need to look for people that you can come together with in relationship, not just for pleasure, but for purpose. I'm moving on. They were coming together for purpose. This wasn't just a coincidence, but this was God's intentional work. There was an eternal assignment connected to their natural alignment. You see, Mary and Joseph, engagement reminds me of a song that came out some years ago from the Queen of Slim movie. Check how y'all seen Queen of Slim. Fun fact, that's one of my favorite movies. I, you turn it on, I promise you, I'm going to sit down and be quiet. I'm going to watch it. But Queen of Slim is one of my favorite movies. And from that movie, this, it's a song that's called Collide by, by Tina Major Nine and Earth Game. The song says, when we collide, lie, lie, it's a beautiful disaster. When I crash into you, 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 you. And so it's a beautiful song. Y'all might not know this song, but go check it out. It's a beautiful song. It's a good vibe, I promise you. It's a beautiful song that speaks about a, a couple coming, a couple colliding together in a chaotic way. But this chaotic collision did both of them some good because it brought out a deeper self-discovery of love on the inside of them. And out of this chaotic collision of being a virgin and getting ready to have a baby. Let me make sense. Let me say it again. Out of the chaotic collision of being a virgin and still getting ready to have a baby. Get your mind around it. Out of the chaotic collision of being a virgin and still getting ready to have a baby. God was getting ready to birth something beautiful. What looked like a disaster was actually destiny in the making. 
What could have looked like a disadvantage put Mary right on track for something amazing. And I need to tell somebody today that your predicament has set you up for God to perform his word in your life. That both the good, the bad, and the ugly has set you up for God to perform his word in your life. That everything that you have encountered, everything that you have experienced in life is a platform for God to bring his word out of you. You see, Jesus was the living word of God. And the Lord wanted Mary to birth his word into the earth. And let me say, in this season, I need you to look beyond the natural elements of your life and recognize the spiritual benefits of your circumstances. Let me say that again. I need you to look beyond the natural elements. Just look beyond of what's just happening to you and see the spiritual benefits of your circumstance. You see, Mary and Joseph could have just hung their hats on the fact that she was a virgin and that, and that Joseph was a descendant of David and left it there. But there was something spiritual happening. Good God from Zion. It was something deeper to what was happening on the surface. And in life, I need you to not just acknowledge the facts, not just to acknowledge what's going on in your circumstance, but I need you to see how the facts speak to your future. How do I know how the facts speak to my future, Kylan? I get a word from God concerning the facts. And when God speaks to me concerning the facts, I can set my expectation on what, on what will happen in the future. So don't just focus on the facts. Focus on how the facts speak to your what? Future. Yes, this and that may be true. Yes, this and that may have happened. Yes, this and that may have gone on. But how is God using this and that to bring and birth something spiritual out of you? Let me say that again. That burden that you've been carrying, how is God trying to use that burden to birth something spiritual out of you? Maybe God is trying to birth another level on your prayer life. Maybe God is trying to birth, good God from Zion, another level of discipline out of you. Maybe God is trying to birth another level of gratitude out of you. Maybe God is trying to birth another level of obedience out of you. What is God trying to birth spiritually out of that burden? Y'all following me? So, not only did Mary sign up for something spiritual, this is what blessed me. She also signed up for something supernatural. Somebody shout supernatural. Somebody shout supernatural. Y'all didn't shout it. Somebody shout supernatural. That's it. I don't know who did it, but that was it. My Lord. Look, say it again. Somebody shout supernatural. Because God is getting ready to do what? Something supernatural in your life. Hallelujah. Watch this. Since Mary was a virgin destined to give birth to the actual son of God. Thank you, man. Son of God. Yes, please. Her conception had to be divine. She was a virgin giving birth to the son of God. So her conception had to be divine. Because we all know the principle of how babies are made. I don't got to go there. So, for it to be God's son, man could not be in the picture. God had to remove man and flesh out of the way so that he can birth what he wanted into the earth. 
And then the Holy Spirit will work a miracle within Mary's body, and the child will be consumed only by a supernatural, somebody shout supernatural, <laughs> act of God. And as a result, Jesus will be completely holy. He will be pure. He will be spiritually complete. He will be devoted to God's purposes. And in Jesus' case, this meant that he came into the world unstained by sin. Because two, two humans did not make it. We are what born into sin, shaping in iniquity. Why? Because of our ancestor Adam. And because of our fathers and our mothers are born into sin, we are born into sin. But because Jesus had a supernatural conception, he was unstained by sin. Y'all following me? He was unstained by sin. And what I want us to note here is how Mary's conception is a picture of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Somebody say Holy Spirit. The angel tells Mary, tells Miss Mary, that the Holy Spirit will come up. Upon her. Somebody say, upon. upon. And the power of the highest shall overshadow her. If I had the time, I would teach and I would preach. I would explain how God not only wants the Holy Spirit to come in us, but he wanted to come on us. And this, the picture of the Holy Spirit coming upon Mary is in this detail by text. It's like being baptized in, with water in the pool. Y'all remember when we got baptized? If you ain't been baptized, I want, I want you to get baptized. Amen. Praise God. So being the Holy Spirit coming upon Mary, it has the picture of being baptized with water in the pool. Then when we were baptized unto salvation, we were fully submerged and covered with water. Right? So when the Holy Spirit was going to come upon Mary, she was going to be fully submerged with the presence, the power, and the glory of God to bring forth something supernatural and powerful in the earth. And I can hear Mary saying this right here. Lord, I didn't sign up for all of this. God, I just wanted to live a normal life like a normal person. God, I wanted to be a normal teenager. God, I wanted to experience the normal, normal things in life. But here's the thing that I have learned in my few years of living. This is what I have learned. is that we can't expect to be chosen to give birth to something that will change the world and expect to live a normal life at the same time. That we can't expect to be chosen to give birth to something that will change the world and expect to live a normal life at the same time. We can expect for God to do, to use us in major ways and expect us to have a normal life. We can expect for God to move in our services and expect for them to remain the, in the normal way. Good God from Zion. We can expect God to move in our relationships and them to be godly if we don't expect for God to do it in an unnormal way. There has to be something supernatural. Somebody shout supernatural. That's it. That takes place on the inside of us. So, I'm about to make it, bring it all together. After we come to Christ. Nothing in our lives is meant to remain normal. I'm going to say that again. So, and you, can, you, have, you really have to have faith for what I'm about to tell you. I'm going to give you some things. For, in order to operate in the supernatural, you have to have faith. You can't just have tradition. You can't have comfortability. You literally have to have faith. So I'm about to tell you something 
and it's going to require that you have faith. After you come to Christ, after we come to Christ, nothing in our lives is meant to remain normal. But there should be a supernatural element in all of our experiences. There should be a supernatural element in the way that we handle our patients at work. There should be a supernatural element in the way we manage our businesses. There should be a supernatural element in the ways that we tend to our families. There should be a supernatural element in the ways that we perform the task on our jobs. There should be a supernatural element in the conversations that we have with people. That there should be miracles, signs, and wonders filling the experiences of our lives. I can remember, can I testify for one quick second? This week, I was going through something, and I, I, I said, God, I don't even know what to do, but God, I'm going to pray, because God, that's all I, have to, I, I can do. And so I prayed. I prayed, and I prayed. And that night, I prayed. I got, I got on my knees, and I prayed. I, I walked around the house. I prayed some more. And I got in the Word. I, I read His Word. I prayed some more. And then the next morning, the exact thing that I prayed about, it, hit, it, it turned around. Because I'm coming to tell somebody, that we live in a supernatural life, that you can't make me doubt God. There's something supernatural about prayer. I'm trying to charge up your faith. Even the smallest things, good God from Zion, even sometimes in the way you, the clothes that you choose to wear that day, God can use that in a supernatural way. That there should be some miracle signs and wonders filling the experiences of our life. God should have his hand and his input in the way that we operate and all that we do. We should be seeking that, that the Holy Spirit of God come upon us at all times. We want God to empower us to do natural tasks in a supernatural way. I'm going to say that again. We should seek for God to allow us to empower us to do natural things, things you do every day, in a supernatural way. Let me say that again. Do natural tasks in a what? Supernatural way. Somebody shout supernatural. And I always have this belief in my heart. I always have this belief in my heart that we should be supernatural in everything we do, even when it comes to my career. Y'all remember I told y'all I was a therapist last week. Uh, so being a therapist, being a therapist, I always saw how awesome it would be. Also, tell, let me, let me, let me get, I'm getting ahead of myself. Not only am I a therapist, but you, as you, if you know me, you work with me, you, you have conversations with me, you see me flowing service, you know I also have a prophetic call on my life. So I'm a therapist, but I'm also a prophet. And I, I thought about how awesome it would be for someone to have a prophet as a therapist. I thought how awesome it would be to have not just a normal clinically trained therapist, but a prophetic therapist that knew how to hear God's voice and speak to the deeper things going on in our lives and our future. Fun fact, that's the reason why I went into therapy, because I know the world needs a prophet. Good God from Zion. I know that the world needs a word from the Lord, and the Lord has put a word in my belly, and I will. Good God from Zion. I will go and I will inhabit an arena that may not be designed for God to inhabit. I will introduce God to the things. And so I also thought how awesome it would be to not just have a clinical nurse, not just have a clinically trained doctor to tend to our sickness. But think about it. What if you had a doctor that knew, knew the supernatural power of God? Think about it. If you had a doctor that had faith in God. 
Look, I told y'all, look, this somebody, somebody I hear now. Colin, you you can't, you, God gave us medicine for a reason. I told y'all earlier, what I'm about to say, you're going to have to have faith. What if you had a supernatural, good God from Zion, a doctor that believed and knew the power, the supernatural power of God, and they flowed in the gifts of healing. They flowed in the gifts of words of knowledge, good God from Zion, to lay hands upon the sick, to lay hands on our sick bodies, to see God move in an area that doesn't necessarily welcome him. I always send amazed. Somebody say, Kyle, what is words of knowledge? Words of knowledge, I was in a service one day, and the, the preacher, the prophet, the, the man of God, he was coming, and he said, God is showing me that somebody is having issues with this, somebody, somebody is having issues with that. And what we learn is that what God reveals, he tends to heal. What God reveals, he intends to heal. So think about it. If you went to the doctor and your doctor knew, had a, con a relationship with God, had a connection with God, that when you stepped into the room, you told your doctor what was going on, and God spoke to your doctor and told your doctor how to heal you. That's some supernatural stuff right there. And you can't tell me God can't do it. You can't tell me God is not able to reveal because he's given us this supernatural ability. How awesome would it be that if we didn't have these crooked politicians, but some politicians who were connected to the spirit of God that brings wisdom, insight, and vision to what is happening not only in the economical and the natural arena, but also the spiritual. And what I need us to understand this morning, somebody done pulled away, Kylie, because you didn't have the faith. We have access to God putting something super on our natural. Yeah. Let me say that again. We have access to God putting something super on our natural. We have access to God to put something super on our natural if we give him the faith for it. So my question this morning is, can you step in faith? Can you open your heart to something supernatural in how you do what you do? Let me say it again. Can you open your heart for God to do something supernatural in what you do? Good God from Zion. Can you let God's power work through you? And so in order to do this, Kyle, and you talk about we want to walk in the supernatural. How do I do it? I need you to learn the spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I hope you're taking notes so you can go back home and you can study this. There's nine gifts, prophecy, words of wisdom, um, healing, um, the speaking in tongues, the interpretation of songs, words of knowledge. I think I said it, prophecy and all of the gifts of faith is another, is another gift. All of these gifts, go study, learn these gifts, and see how they operate. And then what I want you to do is to take a natural task, something that you do every day, and ask and seek God to use one of those gifts in what you do. I hope I'm making sense. I'm making it practical so we can walk into it. Go study those gifts. And when you get into that moment to do something that you always do, have faith for God to do something more. Have faith for God to let his Holy Spirit come upon you and to empower you to use those spiritual gifts. For Paul says, he says, I want you to go after spiritual gifts. He says, even what? Especially prophecy. He says, I want you to go, I want you to yearn, I want you to be, have a desire to walk in the supernatural power of God through his spiritual gifts, and especially what? Prophecy. So if you, can't, if you cannot, good God from Zion, 
If you can't use any, other, any of the other gifts, you can use prophecy in your natural task. It would definitely, I promise you, it would definitely take your walk with God to the next level. And not only will it take your walk with God to the next level, I promise you it's going to be fun. I promise you it's going to be fun. You go into the grocery store and God's saying, go over here and talk to this person. You're going to be like, Lord, you know, no, no, no. That's going to, it's, 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 you get, if you have the faith, God is going to blow your mind. I'm done. Have I helped y'all this morning? I'm getting ready to go. As I close, I must declare that I'm glad that God knows what we can handle. That although we didn't sign up for this, God knows exactly what you can handle. The songwriter says that he knows how much we can bear. As a matter of fact, we always hear that God would never put more on us than we can bear. I know, get that burden in your mind. Get that burden in your mind that you're going through. God says, I know you can handle that. He knows what we're capable of enduring. One of my favorite quotes that speaks volumes to us as we go through things in, in this life is that God gives his toughest battles to his strongest soldiers. Let me say that again. God gives his toughest battles to his strongest soldiers. So if God put it in your life, he knew you can handle it. Let me say that again for somebody. If God put it in your life, he knew you can handle it. God put this, this assignment, this task on Mary's life because he knew she can handle it. When God puts a calling on your life, he knows that you can handle it. When God puts that job opportunity in your life, he knows you can handle it. When God puts that business adventure, that business vision in your life, he gave it to you because he knows you can handle it. When God puts that child in your life, good God from Zion, he knew that you can handle it. When God put that responsibility in your life, he knew that you can handle it. And God, since God knew that you can handle it, it's time for you to believe that you can handle it. God knows you can handle it. God knows you can take it. God knows the devil can't take you out. But now it's time for you to believe that you can handle it. And now it's time for you to believe that you can handle it, and you can handle it in the strength that comes from God. We can find comfort when we're going through things, when we're going through our burdens, when we're going through our burdens, good God from Zion, for things that we didn't sign up for. We can find comfort in knowing what Jesus overcame when he was on this earth. We can find comfort if we knowing that if Jesus, Jesus Christ overcame it all, then we can too. You see, unlike us, unlike any of us, Jesus, he signed up to come down through 42 generations. He signed up, good God from Zion, to go around and heal the sick and raise the dead, to give sight to the blind. He signed up to this. He signed up, good God from Zion, to be betrayed by his best friend. He signed up. He signed up. He, he said, God, I'll do it. I'll go out there and I'll do it. He signed up to be whipped all night for us. He signed up, good God from Zion, to be spit in the face. He signed up for them to put a crown of thorns on his head. Look, you wouldn't sign up for me, but, but Jesus did. He signed up to go, look, carry that cross, even though they beat him. And he couldn't carry it by himself. He signed up for it, to carry it through that town. He signed up to hang on, hang on that cross from the sixth to the ninth hour. And you know what? He signed up to die for my sins. He signed up to die so that I can live. He signed up to die so that you can live. He signed up for it so that we won't have to take it. 
He signed up to die, and they tell me he put, he was in a borrowed tomb for how many days? Three days. But early on that third day morning, he got up. He signed up to get up out that grave. And he had all power in the palm of his hand. And that same power is available to us today. Good God from Zion. That same power is what's pushing us. Good God from Zion. When we are going through our toughest storms. Good God from Zion. And we're going through things that we didn't sign up for. God, I didn't plan on being here in this place. God, I didn't plan on this happening in my life. God, I didn't see this coming. But God says, I signed up for it so that I can give you the power to get through it. And if you would just learn how to push your way through some things. You want to see God turn that burden into a blessing. I'm done. When it's time to give birth, y'all, I'm going to say something you probably already know. When it's time to give birth, in the labor room, the doctors say what? Push. Somebody say push. I always say, Lord, I don't even know if I want to be in the labor room when they say all of that. But the doctor says what? Push. I've seen a few videos, my mama, I, when I was young, my mama used to watch these videos on TV of, of labor, and, and the woman, she would go through so much pain. She would go through so much pain. But even though she was going through that pain, she couldn't stop pushing. Because she knew that she had to get something out of her. She knew that it was time to release something out of her body. And some of y'all today, it's time to give birth. Some of y'all today are, guess what, you, it's time to, get, to release what God has put on the inside of you. The reason why you're having so much pain is because it's time to push. It's time to push. Good God from Zion. Y'all know what push stands for, right? Pray until something happens. When you're going through some pain, I need you to push. I need you to pray until something happens. When, when, something, when you sign up, you're going through something you didn't sign up for, I need you to push. I need you to what? When sickness hits your body, I need you to push. I need you to what? Look, and look, you're going to have to have faith. Because we said earlier, we said so a few weeks ago, that sometimes you're going to pray and it's not going to change at first. Sometimes you're going to pray and you're, not, you're going to feel the same way. But that's why you got to do that until something happens. You can pray, but you got to keep praying what? So I need you to pray until something happens. God, I thank you for this day. God, I thank you for this opportunity to feast on your word. God, I thank you for giving us strength to push through our pain. Father, to push through something we didn't sign up for. And Father, my prayer is that you go with us and you stand by us, God. That God, that you strengthen us. You give us the power. You, as you said in your word, that we can do all things through you that gives us, because you give us strength. God, strengthen us. Father, strengthen us even as we carry this burden. Father, we didn't expect to go down this way. We didn't expect to go down this route, Father, but I'm, I'm thankful, God. I thank you that, God, that you allowed it to happen to us because you knew we can handle it. God, you allowed it to happen to us because you knew we had what it takes. Thank you, Lord God. God, I thank you that you allowed us to be here in this moment, to hear this word, to know that you have an assignment for our lives. And for that, God, we say thank you. And God, we're depending on you. God, we're depending on you. We're leaning on you to help us to get through this. God, we're depending on you to turn that burden into a blessing. God, we're depending on you to turn our situation around. And Father, until you do it, we're going to wait on you. 
God, we're going to keep praying. God, we're going to keep fasting. God, we're going to keep looking to you until it happens. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said amen.